0: See feeling I know I'm in trouble again. I'm in trouble 'cause you're a ramber and a and a sweet talking ladies, man. And you love your loving Not like you love your freedom
1: Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 244 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And our episode today is a discussion on how to build a compliance program dashboard. Hello, everyone. Hey, great to uh, be back with you. I'm still in Sicily here, enjoying the hot weather, the ocean, the food, the people. Um, and uh, I sort of had mentioned before the the idea of getting to the issue of a compliance dashboard and, what, uh, and defining it and, t- and talking about uh, how to put one together. Um, and this is a topic that you know, every compliance professional has to address in one form or another. And uh, unfortunately, chief compliance officers are usually so busy they cannot ever take the time to tackle this issue. But it's a real practical issue of importance. and let me define some of the terms, and so we can sort of discuss uh, you know, outline what we're going to discuss here. So we have to define the issues and the purposes of the compliance dashboard. and what I'm, I don't mean a sort of uh, new automated technology where you can assemble all the relevant lists in one screen. Or measurements, relevant measurements in one screen, uh, you know, and sort of track your compliance program that way. Although I do think there is lots of room for an integrated uh, technology service as opposed to sort of individual platforms that we have for, let's say, policy tech or we have for third-party risk management. What I'm talking about, though, is starting on what is it that we monitor on an ongoing basis Uh, to see how our compliance program is doing, uh, whether we're meeting certain objectives, uh, and uh, so to sort of take the pulse of the uh, compliance program and the issues that should be identified as you're going through that. So we have to, and, and the problem with this is that each company is different. Each organization is different in terms of their, access, their kind of compliance data that's generated, their access to it, what automation uh, services are available. And so we have to consider the exact means by which the data can be collected and made available then to the chief compliance officer. And this could vary, like I said, across organizations and uh, will depend on sort of your IT system and your compliance technologies. Um, Some systems and products can collect and report data on an ongoing or regular basis. uh, And uh, CCOs have to come up with a wish list of data that they would like to monitor, but then face the reality of access and technology, which may create some limitations. So my outline of issues here assumes that IT does not limit access or restrict the frequency of reporting. Uh, we're sort of dealing in a, what I would call the basic perfect world. We've seen rapid changes in technological capabilities and I expect we're going to see many more. Uh, and CCOs have to stay current on these capabilities and adjust their monitoring dashboard uh, in response to those trends. So let's start with a basic list of topics that we should ideally include in the dashboard. Depending on the organization's risk profile, the industry, its geographic footprint, and related uh, factors, this list may change. But within each issue, then we're going to talk about measures, specific measures that can be changed uh, based on individual circumstances. So with all those caveats, here's a basic, and I mean basic list. You may have other items that can be included or subject areas uh, which are important to you based upon your particular business or uh, risk profile. Um, So here's the basic list. Incident and investigation tracking, uh, employee discipline, uh, compliance, communications, um, training, uh, culture measurement or tracking, conflicts of interest, third-party risk management, policies and procedures, internal and financial controls uh, beyond charitable contributions, political contributions, and gifts, meals, and entertainment, Uh, governance uh, measurements of of board, senior management, and compliance committees, and finally, uh, but very importantly, is uh, risk assessment, monitoring, and mitigation status. Now, it's easy to add several other topics to this list, such as mergers as acquisitions, if this is a part of your company's business strategy, or add an ethics and compliance highlight section to capture certain events that may not occur each period but still need to be tracked. So let's start with, and I'm going to go through each of these topics, and let's start first with incident and investigation tracking. And I could... For each of these, we could have a whole podcast to discuss sort of some of the issues that come up. So, I, I and I don't mean to belittle any of the more serious issues, but I did want to get sort of a, a, a quick summary of each of these issues. So, the monitoring of incident and invest investigation tracking would center on the opening of matters, in quote, which would defi- be defined to include incidents and investigations. Incidents are Uh, occurrences or incidents that uh, do not rise to the level of warranting an internal investigation, be it by human resources, by compliance, legal, whatever. And that's to distinguish between these incidents that result in an investigation and those that do not require an investigation such as, let's say, a routine employment matter that was handled without an investigation. For each matter, For each incident or each, uh, you could say, the following issues would be tracked on a regular, be it weekly, monthly, quarterly, depending upon your reporting uh, capabilities and access to data capabilities. One, the status of the matter, okay, open, pending, closed, substantiated, unsubstantiated, Two, the type, in other words, what kind of incident is this? Is this a human resources? Conflict of interest, theft, bullying, harassment, uh, theft, I mean, um, financial control, like stealing, uh, a specific policy, Was there, or is this about retaliation? Three, the category of the alleged actor, or the actor that's being, is the subject of the incident employee manager executive senior executive board member for the source of concern where did this matter come from a hotline anonymous human resources compliance legal business a compliance application for example where it could be a internet report uh, or another source Five, the geographic source, the region and the country or the line of business, the geographic division of the business. Let's say it's a Russia operation or something. Six, line of business. And seven, feedback, which would be satisfaction ultimately of the source or the complainant with the process in the reporting of the incident and the resolution of it and the entire process. So that's just a basic outline of incident and investigation tracking. Let's go to discipline. For each matter, again, the disciplinary process should be monitored to include, one, time to close from matter initiation and opening to resolution. Resolution, verbal, written, suspension, resignation, discharge, or other. Category of uh, actor, again, employee, manager, executive, senior executive, or board member. Four, review and approval. So was this approved, approval of resolution was by human resources, a disciplinary committee, senior management, board of directors, or other. Five, geographic, okay, country, region. And six, line of business. Okay, the next one is compliance communications. To track communications messaging, CCOs should track, one, sources. Uh, who is it that a provides um, a communications, whether it's in person or electronically through, let's say, email, newsletters, uh, speech, all-hands meeting, anything like that. So the sources are senior management management middle management, legal, compliance, and other sources. Two would be the type, oral, written, electronic. Three, geographic is a region, a country, or it could be the entire operation. Four, the line of business. And five, some kind of tracking mechanism for electronic communications, clicks, opens, Uh, links that are included within the uh, communications, were they opened, how many times, those types of things, and how many clicks are there on the message itself uh, if you're capable of doing that to see how much of a response there was or was the email even opened, for example. Uh, Training. Let's go to training now. Now to measure training and the operation of the training program, remember that we're looking at providing a training program that addresses significant risks or you're tailored to your risk profile to an audience that is um, that handles or faces that risk and we want to try to make sure that there's testing to make sure that people are learning what they're supposed to be learning and we want to get feedback from the employees. So one would be number, employees who have been trained on a specific topic, in other words, break down the training by topic, code of conduct, antitrust, anti-corruption, sexual harassment, discrimination, things like that, workplace safety, other types of things. The number of eligible or you know, the number of employees who are required to complete that training the type whether it was in person or online the topic uh, and and being the risk area that's covered or areas Uh, the number of hours per employee is five six the testing the number success rate and percentage of successful testing seven geographic again country region area Eight, line of business, and nine, a survey of some sort to get employee feedback, data coming back from the employees. Was the the training helpful? Did you learn anything? uh, And what improvements do you suggest? Another important uh, factor is culture tracking, and this is obviously one of my pet issues, and you've heard me talk about it a lot, is to measure on a regular basis uh, the nature your your culture your company's culture and report on that on a quarterly basis at least something each quarter to the board or on a committee or compliance committee and this could include surveys it could include um, uh, focus groups uh, group meetings any type of Situation where, or interviews, you could even have an interview program as part of a culture assessment or culture monitoring process. So uh, for culture tracking, we look at surveys is number one, annual quarterly pulse type of surveys. Uh, uh, Focus groups would be another thing to track in terms of how many we're doing, where, what employees are attending those. Two, results on key factors. Results on key factors of, let's say, perception, knowledge of mis...perception of the company and its leadership, perception of the, mid- of the manager, the immediate supervisor, knowledge of misconduct, reporting of misconduct, and other factors that are usually uh, included in survey questions so that you can sort of track on these key factors. We'd also look at geographic areas, of course, and line of business. Remember... Culture does not have to be across the whole organization. You don't have to survey everybody all at once. You can also send out pulse surveys to, let's say, certain offices, certain regions, certain lines of business. Okay, let's go to another important issue. That's conflicts of interest. And assuming that a company maintains some kind of automated conflict of interest disclosure program and there's some kind of internal oversight committee function that's available Four conflict of interest issues that could come up. Uh, the CCOs, in my view, should collect an, a number of items here. One would be the number and type disclosed of conflicts, potential conflicts. So personal and family relationships uh, where there's cr- uh, conflicts with the organization. Financial relationships where somebody may, you know, try to get a brother to be a vendor uh, or a brother's company. Uh, and other types of uh, also intra company uh, personal relationships, you know, which may violate fraternization policies. Um, so, all of the number and types of conflicts uh, per category should be tracked to the result what happened with that conflict? Was it re- or alleged conflict? Was it resolved? Was it mitigated? Or is it still pending in terms of being reviewed and assessed? Three, I would track the category of actors employees, managers, executives, senior executives, board member. Four, the source. Now, we could have the source being the self disclosure through the automated program or any other type of self disclosure where somebody comes, let's say, to compliance and says, I want to, you know, I think I may have a conflict with this. Uh, And the source could also be a complaint, a third-party complaint uh, about what is perceived to be a conflict of interest or uh, some behavior that seems to be a conflict. And the complaint should be tracked as to anonymous or identified and where it came from. Uh, Then I would do your usual geographic source with countries and regions and line of business uh, again. So, That's sort of our first uh, five or so. I have some more to go through. Um, And remember, these are all important sources for feedback, internal data, communications. We're looking at it. um, And we should track the trends of uh, of this data in terms of as we go along. Let's say we're collecting it each month. Track the trends. You start to go with the trends. And at some point, I would bring in some benchmarking against Uh, comparable organizations to the extent you can find data like that. But there are data sources for that in terms of benchmarking uh, certain things from compliance programs. Um, And the compliance dashboard as you're monitoring all of this is an important part of this feedback loop. So let's go to a few more now, policies and procedures. Assuming that the organization has adopted a policy management program, often using an automated program, for each policy, a CCO should track one subject, legal, compliance, safety and health, human resources, antitrust, anti-corruption, trade compliance, whatever the subject is. For each subject, the last review, the review of the policy, revisions that were adopted, if there were none or some, and updating when it's up next for review, that's the future review category. Four would be new policies, uh, or policy or new policies. Five would be internal dissemination, communication, posted on an internal website, posted on an external website, and to the extent we can do this, let's track the data, the clicking data, on internal website by policy, user, and other data available. If, for example, within the policy itself, there are certain links and we can track how many people are uh, clicking on certain links, that may provide important information as to whether or not people are reading and what are they reading in the policies and procedures. Third-party risk management is another big topic, and uh, ad nauseum, ad nauseum, people uh, have talked about this. But assuming... An automated platform, which is really an operational minimum, CCOs should be able to generate a, a number of important data sets from this. One, number, type, and status. In other words, the total of third parties, how many new third parties, let's say in the last period, pending, uh, how many have been renewed, and then the type, uh, agent, distributor, reseller, dealer, vendor, supplier, and other direct or indirect categories. Two, the risk level that was assigned. Three, the geographic location and changes, whether it's U.S., international region, and country. Four, the line of business. Five, whether there's a contract, purchase order, or other types of means of uh, representations or some types of... Uh, written document to confirm the relationship. Six, due diligence and screening completed, so the number that are completed in due diligence and screening in process or have never had due diligence or screening. Seven, monitoring, sources, type, number of notices, what kind of moderate data besides just adverse media uh, may come in to be to be looked at, the resolution, the time to resolution from the time of notice. And then audit and review, the number and location and type reviewed or audited. The type of audit, whether it was desk, sampling, testing, or on-site visits, etc. These are obviously basic uh, measures, they're depending upon your program and what you sort of uh, require in terms of the informational steps could all be added uh, to this list. Financial controls. Now, depending on the risk profile, there are a variety of internal controls that can be monitored. For example, assuming that the CCO's company relies on a network of distributors to resell its product in another country, and assuming that specific controls exist with respect to, let's say, discounting, Let's say there has to be approval by a discounting committee, rebates, a rebate program that has to be adopted and approved, marketing allowances for various types of distributors, control testing then could be used to track to ensure compliance with internal procedures, such as a discount or rebate approvals or marketing allowance audits. Additionally, specific compliance controls might exist with respect to charitable contributions, political contributions, gifts, meals, and entertainment reimbursement, and these can be tracked for control testing purposes. And with respect to third-party risk management, invoice-to-payment processes for third-party representatives but also for all the vendors and uh, suppliers uh, should be implemented and then tracked for compliance purposes. For example, a specific third party should be monitored for issues such as the existence of a contract or purchased order, whether there was review of the invoice or purchase order, and approval process and the payment process confirming the payment. Again, these are interesting areas uh, where compliance and finance kind of overlap. And there's a a compliance risk involved, for example, in discounting or rebates with distributors. We've seen that. Or discounts that are not passed on by the distributor then to the ultimate customer. And then in that situation, we run into problems uh, with slush funds that may be uh, created couple of others before we uh, wrap up here, board senior management and compliance committees. It's important to measure governance activities relating to the oversight and monitoring of the ethics and compliance program, starting with the board and continuing with senior management compliance committees. the number uh, a compliance committee, if you have one, uh, the number of meetings, the length of time and topics covered should be tracked. Finally, but really one of the more important areas is the uh, risk assessment and the mitigation and adjustment of the risk profile in response to changing circumstances. The CCO tracking function in this area corresponds to broad enterprise risks. In many cases, the risk enterprise function should focus on the top 10 risks for measurement and monitoring purposes. As an example, the top 10 risks could include Anti-corruption, antitrust, code of conduct violations, data privacy and protection, employment and labor relations, environmental health and safety, export compliance, financial reporting, SOCs and tax compliance, quality and regulatory product integrity, and third-party risks. So for each of the top 10 risks that you identify in your current risk profile, the initial collection would focus on five specific issues for that risk. Overall risk status, you know, is it high, medium, low, or whatever type of uh, measurement category you want to apply. Liability exposure, what's the liability exposure? What's your reputation exposure? What's your regulatory exposure? And then finally, what's the impact to the business operations? And then by risk uh, category: A second set of uh, uh, data should include the number of incidents relating to that risk, any disciplinary actions or investigations uh, relating to that risk, violations of laws and regulations and resolution, how did it get resolved, policy reviews that were uh, uh, instituted as a result of a change in risk. The last risk assessment in terms of the top 10, and then other mitigation strategies through training and then through um, legal and compliance measures in terms of communications, written certifications, uh, written uh, warranties from a third party, for example. All of these things should be tracked, and these are probably captured in other areas uh, that we've already talked about but should be tracked in terms of mitigation strategies, and any that are not tracked uh, in the prior categories would be added here. So that's a quick overview, and uh, I know it's pretty quick, uh, but I did want to get some ideas out there and at least generate some thoughts on how to get at a compliance dashboard and how to measure and uh, how to look at data, Uh, This is just a basic starting point, and obviously each organization is different. So uh, I wanted to get this started, at least in terms of some thoughts on your process and thoughts on your approach to this uh, kind of interesting issue. So thanks again. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Hope you are staying safe, staying healthy, and enjoying. uh, We're coming to the close of summer soon, but hope everything is going well. Talk to you soon.
0: and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at
1: volkovlaw.com.
0: The best